Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. Well, you ready for tonight's message? (laughs) Tonight, I titled it, God is Always Good. God is always good. And then we sing always good. You are always, you are always good. I think, I think you heard me say this morning, right? Did you pick that on purpose or did you already have that picked up? You heard me say, okay. I was like, wait, did she pick that before I even told her what I was speaking on tonight? That's a good choice. You are always good. God is always good. And we are going to start in the famous John 10.10. You got to go there because you got to cover this side of it, right? God is always good. Well, John 10.10 explains a lot to us right away. If you don't know John 10, 10, John (laughs) 10.10, you got to know John 10.10, right? Uh, uh, Like we always say around here, if you don't have the word in your heart, then you don't know what God, God wants for you. You don't know his will, and that, that ends up really bad. Come on now. Why, why did the minister speak to the tumor? Because he knew his will. Amen. Why did he speak to his wife's tumor in her brain? Because he knew God's will. Amen. He knew John 10.10. 10. He knew a lot of verses. <laughs> you know, he's, well, he's been ministering for many years. But uh, you don't have to be a minister to, to understand that. Amen? Amen? You just have to know the word. And you can be in the church chairs for years and either know nothing or know a lot. Right? And and, and, a good suggestion, of course, is to know a lot about the word, right? Not not to be prideful, not to to try and and, uh, be smarter than somebody because you want to know God. When you know the word, you know God. You know his ways, you know his will, you know who he is. And if you don't know this, then you get really confused right away. This clears up many, many, many things right here. John 10, 10 clears up a lot of things. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Well, see, this, this clears up a lot of things. <laughs> In one verse, it, it destroys many people's theology. One verse. And in fact, this, this really is interesting. If you study this out, right before this, he's talking about uh, uh, the Pharisees and, and how they taught falsely. They taught bad doctrine. And then he says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Bad doctrine steals, kills, and destroys. And it's actually straight from the enemy. And the enemy uh, uses even preachers to steal, kill, and destroy because they won't preach the truth. Either they don't know it or they won't do it. (laughs) Oh boy, don't get me started. But the devil is the stealer and the killer and the destroyer. And I've been amazed for years how many people blame God. For stealing, killing, and destroying. Many people blame God for these things, yet it is not Him at all. We can't read the Bible correctly and come away with the thought that God does bad 
We are not understanding the Bible at all if we think God is destroying and killing. Hello? And God causes the accident. No. No and no again. Millions of people blame God all the time. They blame God. God made them sick. God caused the tornado. God instigated the accident. No. <laughs> no. Can I get amen? amen? No. That's not the truth. You know, many, many preachers are afraid to preach the truth. Well, you, you in the church, they ain't afraid to preach the truth. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> many are afraid to preach the truth because, you know, you know the, the, when you preach God is good, there are many religious devils that come out. In fact, Or Roberts, I went to Or Roberts University. Uh, or Roberts was known for saying, something good is going to happen to you. And boy, the religious devils came out of the woodwork. Well, you can't say God is that good. Maybe he wants to punish those people. Maybe he wants to cause them to die with sickness. Maybe he's teaching them something in that. How dare you say God's going to do something good for you, everybody in this place. No, God wants to do good for everybody in this place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He wants to. He wants to do good. I, I'm going to preach the truth. See, I, I'm always good when I stick with the truth. I stay on God's side. I stay on God's side is a good side to be on. Biblical truth, I always win if I stick with the Bible. Amen. God's word is the answer we need to hear. Yeah. And the answer given to us right here is Jesus came to give us life, right. not death. Come on. And more abundantly, super abundantly. In the Greek, super abundantly. Over and above. Come on. Jesus gives life. He's a life giver. He always comes to give life. He comes to give us good things. He shows up with his love. He shows up with his kindness. He is good. Hello? Fruit of the Spirit. What is fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, long-suffering. I missed one. What is it? Patience? Well, long. Oh, faithfulness. Oh, yeah, faithfulness. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's got it. She knows the word. See? Sunday school teacher. Now, sometimes Jesus shows up with a rebuke or a correction. Well, that's still love. It said, the Bible says that the word is given uh, not only for our instruction, but for a rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness. You want to be trained in righteousness, you better learn this. And then when it comes and it, and it goes, steps on your toes, you don't get mad. You don't get offended. You say, oh. I need to make a correction. Amen? Amen? That's okay. In fact, that's the way it should be. Discipline is good, right? We'll, we'll go to Hebrews 11, 12, 11 right there. Hebrews 12, 11. You got to go there. <laughs> now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. It seems painful, right, when you're getting disciplined. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I think it was Bobby McFerrin wrote a song about that. He put it in a, those who have been trained by it. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. You know that song? 
No, oh, you have same point. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Anybody heard that one before? Hey now, hey now, I'm looking around. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm only 51. <laughs> Who knows Bobby McFerrin? Wow, really? Oh, you know? Okay. He, you know, he, I, don't, I don't know if he's a Christian even. I don't know, but he did that song about, and I always remembered it. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. No discipline. Right straight out of the Bible. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But those who have been trained by it, it's good. Because it's going to produce fruits of righteousness. When the discipline comes, and that's good. We should like the discipline of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is just trying to get us to more blessing. Jesus is just trying to get us to a good spot because he's good. So if he comes in and disciplines us, we go, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, right? I just thought of this, but I was in the military, but they discipline the soldiers, right? Why do they discipline soldiers? So when they're in the war, they know what to do. They don't die. And so... That you could look at it as, ooh, that's rough, right? You see the, you see the uh, boot camp, see, you were there. Uh, you see the boot camp stuff, and you're like, ooh, that's rough. That's rough, right? But if they don't do that, they're going to die. When they get into battle, they won't be trained. They won't have the discipline, and they're going to be dead men. But if they're trained and they know what to do in every situation, and they don't argue with the master, did you hear that? They don't argue with the master, Jesus, the master, well, do you argue with the sergeant? You're going to be in trouble. Well, I'll tell you what, sergeant, I'll tell you what I think. Woo, watch out, off to the brig, goodbye. (laughs) Is that what it's called? What's it called? It is called the brig? Okay. Oh, what's it called in, 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 what was, what was? Well, I think it's also called the brig on land, because they use the term for land. Okay, okay. First word that came in my brig. Off to the brig. You want to argue with the sergeant? You're in trouble. You want to argue with the master? Ooh, that's not good. Come on now. When the master says, this is what I need you to do, and this is what I need you, how do you need you to act? This is what I need you to say. This is, this is the right way to do it. This is the right, come on. We talked about this more, what to say, right? Well, this is the way to do it. We don't say, well, I just don't like that. Come on up. We, we agree with him. We accept the discipline and we change and we produce fruit of righteousness. Because we were trained by the master, by Sergeant Jesus. Of course, he's much higher than that, isn't he? He's definitely a general. Five star. I don't know how how it goes. Five star sounds pretty high to me. But he is the king of kings and lord of lords. We know that. There is no higher. Not, 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 you see, that's what, he, he's, he, he came as a man and, and God declared Jesus after his resurrection, King of Kings and Lord of Lords forever. That's his manhood speaking. Lots of people don't understand that. They just understand Jesus is God. Yes, he is God. He always has been God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But when he became a man, that's different. He had to, he had to finish the work that God had for him as a man. He died. 
He paid the price for sin in full. He was resurrected by God and God declared him King of kings and Lord of lords over mankind forever. Amen. That's a big thing to understand. Hello? And he, as the head of the church, hello? Amen. The head is always trying to get us into a good place. And sometimes that's going to take a little discipline. That's true. <laughs> Amen. Look at John 5, 19. You got to go there. <laughs> We're looking at the goodness of God tonight. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. See, the Father showed Jesus what to do. And he did it perfectly, right? He did it perfectly. He followed God perfectly. That's what we're supposed to do. That's our high goal, right? To serve God perfectly. Jesus served God perfectly. We've all missed it. Anybody in here says they have missed it, mm, you're a liar, right? We have a call to call for liars. <laughs> We've all missed it, but Jesus never missed it. He only, only did what the Father said to do. He was perfect. He lived a sinless, perfect life. And he, he, he showed us the Father. And so from that, we see that God is good. Jesus showed us that over and over again, right? No, in, nowhere, nowhere, you know, nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus did bad. Show me a scripture where Jesus did some bad. <laughs> it's not there. Because he only did good. And he said he did what the Father showed him to do. And so God was showing off through Jesus who he is. And so we see, of course, uh, Jesus healed the sick all over the place, right? We see he's a healing God. And we see that over and over and over again. The blind man, the woman with the issue of blood, the pool of Bethesda, we could go on and on and on, right? We talked about several this morning. The, the leper that was healed when Jesus said, be cleansed. And immediately he was cleansed of all the leprosy. Immediately. He spoke to the ears to be open. We read that this morning, right? And, and he was dumb also. He, he couldn't talk and he was deaf. And Jesus said, be opened. And his ears were open and he's talked. Amen. Immediately. Uh, that's, that's a picture of the goodness of our God. Jesus healed over and over and over. He was good, good, good. And Jesus showed us the perfect will of our Father, of our God, of our Creator. Come on. Jesus showed us again and again how good he is. Amen. Never was he bad. And we know John 10 now, John 10, 10, right? We all know it. And if you don't believe me yet, let's go to Acts 10, 38. <laughs> you know me, I just, I keep laying the foundation. Keep, or chopping the trees down and look at it. Acts 10, 38, another verse that blows away all kinds of Christian theology that people hold to. Yeah. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Notice again, pointing to his humanity. Humanity, we talked about this morning. Jesus of Nazareth points to his humanity. Not Jesus the Christ, that would point to his Messiah, to the anointed one. Jesus of Nazareth points to his humanity, how he got anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good. What are we talking about tonight? God is always good. Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. See, again, it points to his humanity. He is God. He is Emmanuel. But he is also a man walking on earth. Anointed by God. He's 100% man, 100% God. And on earth he operated as a man. Hello? And we see here another, another uh, 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 good thing to learn. John 10.10 10 is also, see, how, see it in there? Who were oppressed by the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Uh, and then people blame the oppression uh, 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 with the problems in their body on God. And yet the Bible says right there, Jesus went about doing good and healing. Yeah. All who were oppressed by the devil. This is good theology. <laughs> you want some good theology? There you go. Jesus went about doing good. That's all he did. Nothing but good. Nothing but good. Good, good, good. And they wanted to kill him. Isn't that amazing? It always amazes me when I think about it. They wanted to crucify the guy who always did good. That shows you the evil world we live in. You know, we all actually deserve death without Jesus. We deserve the cross. If you don't think you deserve a cross, then you don't know anything about salvation yet. We all deserve the cross. He didn't. So the perfect man who always did good went to the cross. Who? that's evil. If we had gone to the cross, any, everybody could have said, well, they deserved it, because we did. But it wasn't done any good, so we'd just be dead. And in hell, without Jesus. Come on. Now, Peter, Peter was crucified upside down on the cross. But he went to glory, because he was saved. He was, he was in Christ, and Christ was in him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you. That was good. Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, Christ was in Peter, and Peter, when, when they were going to crucify him uh, uh, for martyrdom, right? Martyrdom for standing up for Jesus, for preaching the gospel, which they hated. He said, crucify me upside down, because I'm not worthy to be crucified like my master. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. That, that would have been a horrible way to die. Upside down on the cross. But God is good. Amen. And Jesus did nothing but good. Amen. And never, ever, ever made a bad move. <laughs> Come on now. We got to realize how good he is. Amen. And get a hold of that truth. We, we got we to get a hold of that, right? You got to grasp that tightly. 
that my God is always good. He's always good. You know, many, many people won't listen to this. They don't want to hear this. <laughs> Why? Well, they, they, mostly, you know, people, you know, as, as, what does it say? Paul said in the last days, people have itching, itching ears. They only want to hear what they want to hear. And they don't want to hear the truth. They want to believe lies. They want to believe religious traditions over the truth. And they'll stick up for the religious traditions. Oh man, will they stand up for them? I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Can I, can I give you 42 scriptures on that? No, I'll just stick with my tradition. Thank you. Okay. Have your tradition. You don't want truth. That's fine. That's your choice, right? But the best choice is to believe what God said. Amen. Amen. That's right. Just stick with that. Yeah. And stick with it and then keep sticking with it. Yeah. And then stick with it again. And no matter who comes along to try and get you off of this, you just stick with it. Amen. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. He's always good. Jesus went about doing good. And people come to you. Well, you know, God's teaching me in this sickness. He's trying to teach me something in this. No, God is good. And Jesus went about doing good and healing. Amen. All who were oppressed by the devil. So believe what God said. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, we got to go there. We got to go there. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, right? This goes right with what I'm saying. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's benefits. Come on. There's benefits for the believer. Who forgives all your iniquities. Aren't you happy? Did he say, who forgives some of your iniquities? <laughs> Everyone who heals some of your diseases. <laughs> oh, what happened to the screen? Okay, I won't worry about it. Sorry, I might have a problem. <laughs> who heals all all, all. See, that's something you can meditate on right there, right? Well, I don't know if God can heal this. This is big. Hello? When you got the big, the big disease, right? The big problem. Well, you go to this and you say, God heals all, all my diseases. Amen? Amen. And you say it out of your mouth, like we talked about this morning. You should say these things all the time. I quote this all the time. Hello? Amen. Who forgives all my iniquities and heals all of my diseases. Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. See, you say it out of your mouth because it's in here. Come on. Amen. Glory to God. Glory. Ha, ha, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Who redeems your life from destruction. Is that good news? Crowns you. Loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so your youth is renewed like the eagles. This is the truth about who our God is. There is no yes, but. 
You get those people? Yeah, but. No, no, yeah, but. No, no. There is no yes, but when it comes to God's word. Either God is telling the truth or he is a liar. If he is a liar, throw this out and go live your life. If he's a liar, is he a liar? Thank you for the no. He's not a liar. But if God's a liar, then let's just stop serving him. Because why do you want to serve a liar? But he didn't lie. This is who he is. Come on, Psalm 103. We're, we, we're, we're hearing about the benefits of our God, of serving our God. He heals. He crowns with loving kindness and mercies. He forgives. He satisfies our mouth. Come on. So our youth is renewed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. Millions of churchgoers do lie about God all the time. Hello? I, I found over the years that very few, very few people care about what God said. Hello? People in church. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about people in church. Don't really care what God said. I've sat with people who have cancer. And I give them 45 scriptures about healing and they do not care. They're like, I don't see it that way. What? Come on now. They don't care what God said. Sit in church every week. They do not care what he said. Well, that's not going to work. And you're calling God a liar. That's bad. See, they'd rather have religion. Hello? They'd rather have lies. Believe lies. I don't know why. Blinded. About the only way I can see it. Come on. We don't say yes, but to God's word. We don't say, yeah, but. No, 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 no. We receive it. We believe it. We confess it. Amen. Out of our mouth. <laughs> As we talked about this morning. You see, God doesn't make mistakes, does he? Has he ever made a mistake? Does God ever lie? No. God always, always, always tells the truth. Always. You know, one word that many, many churchgoers hide behind is the word sovereign. And that word has deceived many and destroyed the lives of many. Sovereign defined in English is a supreme ruler or possessing supreme or ultimate power. But we could say that about a God, couldn't we? The supreme ruler possesses ultimate power. In that, in that sense, God is sovereign. But what people do is they use the word to excuse everything bad in their life. By, by saying God is sovereign, what they're saying is, well, God is in control of everything. Yeah. And so what do they do by doing that? They ascribe murder to God. Yeah. They ascribe rape to God. Hello? Yeah. Did, did God do that? No, not at all. Evil people did that. They assign divorce to God. Well, God caused it. God did it. They attribute all sickness to God. When they say God is in control of everything, they ascribe every evil thing that happens to God. And from the scriptures we already read, 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God does good. Always. Come on up. Many are deceived by the false teaching of sovereignty. There is a real sovereignty of God. And we're going to talk a little more about that as we go here. But the false type of teaching of, of sovereignty is unbiblical and it destroys hope. It destroys faith. Because how can I go to a good God if I don't believe he's that good? How can I get healed if I don't believe that's all he wants to do is heal me? He has no intention at all of hurting me at all. None. You know, it's so obvious, but I don't know why people can't see it. But, but you know, it's like we have three kids and, and I would never even think of any way, shape or form of trying to make my kids sick to teach them something. Yet Christians believe it all over the world. God's teaching me in this. Well, they believe in this false sovereignty of God, that he controls everything. Well, God gives, God's given us all kinds of power to overcome it. And we talked a lot about this morning, this morning, right? God didn't cause the mess we live in on this earth, right? Don't ascribe that to God either by saying he's sovereign. Come on now. Who messed up this world? Man! Have you heard of sin? Have you heard of Adam? Who sinned? God? No, Adam sinned. Who caused the sin? Who, who tempted man to sin? The devil. Satan came into the garden. The serpent came in and deceived and lied. Come on now. So, it, it, people must stop blaming God for their mess. Put the blame where it belongs. Sin and Satan. Sin and Satan. That is where the problem came from. Hello? If God caused your mess, then be happy about it. You hearing me? If you think God made you sick to teach you something, then don't go to the doctor to get well. Because God is teaching me something in this. Well, don't try and get well then. Hello? Why would you want to get well if God was teaching you something? You better learn your lesson. <laughs> if, wow. If you think God will do whatever he wants to do, then don't pray. Well, he's in control of everything. Well, then don't pray. Even though the Bible says pray without ceasing. Why did God ask to pray? God us to pray. God ask us to pray without ceasing because we need to pray in order to get God's will into the earth. Jesus prayed all the time. Why didn't He just allow the sovereign will of God to happen? Because He was supposed to do what He was supposed to do, and we are supposed to do what we're supposed to do. <laughs> Come on. It, why pray if God's just going to do what he wants? No, God will, God will answer prayer. Hello? If you think God caused the accident, don't be sad about the accident. Because God did it. So be happy. 
Do you hear how stupid this all sounds? Well, that's how you can break down that dumb teaching. False, ugly, demonic teaching of God's sovereignty that says God is in control of everything. God is the supreme ruler and he has a plan from the beginning, didn't he? And that plan is going to come to pass. But in the midst of all of that plan is us making choices. Come on, making choices to do good, making choices to live for God, making choices to pray, making choices to speak to the mountains. How many people have died that didn't have to die? Millions. Millions. Upon millions. Upon millions. Because they did not care what God said. Hello? The truth is God is sovereign to his word. He can't violate this. Hello? Oh boy, here we go. Psalm 138.2. I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness. Do we hear goodness in there again? Your loving kindness and your truth. Oh, thank God. God has truth for us. Real, real, real truth, right? For you, who? God, have magnified your word above all your name. Woo, wow. I read this commentary about this. You're going to like this. This is, this is old commentary. It's kind of, you know, that old English, but I'm ready to real quick. This is what he said. This is uh, Joseph Philpot. You may take the words, speaking of this verse, you may take the words either as meaning that God has magnified his word, his eternal son above all his great name. That is, he has set Jesus on high above all the other perfections of his majesty. Or, Take it as meaning his written word, which is written in the sacred scriptures. So in that case, not only the incarnate word in the person of Jesus, right? Jesus is set on high, but also the written word in the scriptures of truth. He has magnified it above all his name in the fulfillment of it. God's faithfulness Being so dear to him, he has exalted his faithfulness above all his other perfections. We see this in nature. Here is a man so to be be dependent upon, so faithful to his word that he will sacrifice anything sooner than depart from it. Have you met some people like that? That's good to meet people like that, right? That man will give up his property or life itself rather than forfeit his word. Hello? We don't, we don't, we don't hear that much anymore, but not too long ago, people did that type of stuff, right? If they said, I will give you that, and it didn't quite work out the way it was supposed to, they will still give you that. Because they spoke it. And they will not go against their word. That's person. That's a person who sins. We're talking about God. And he has magnified his word above his name. Where were we? So God has spoken of magnifying his word above all his name. 
he would sooner allow all his other perfections to come to naught than for his faithfulness to fail. Did you hear that? He would, soon, he would sooner allow all his other perfections to come to naught than for his faithfulness to fail. He has so magnified his faithfulness that his love, his mercy, his grace would all sooner fail than his faithfulness. The word of his mouth and what he has revealed in the scripture. Woo! Come on. In short, summarizing that, God will perform what he said he would do at the risk of losing everything else that he is. He has magnified his word above his name. Hallelujah. God will do exactly what he said he would do. That's the sovereignty of God. You can count on God. You can count on his word. You, you know he will not violate this. He won't. I said he won't. We, we run into people all the time that violate their word. If you've lived on this earth very long. Cornflakes. Many people violate their word, right? But God won't. If he said it, it is so. And see, as believers, we're supposed to believe it. And a lot of people don't, even churchgoers, right? They will not believe what God said. Nope. What we're supposed to do, as we said this morning, with Abraham, Abraham, Abram, he was Abram, and God said, you're now Abraham. And you're the father of many nations. He has no kids. None. Zero. And what did Abram do? He said, I'm Abraham. He agreed with God. And he got blessed. You see, if we want to get blessed, we agree with everything God said. And we realize it's all good. And he never will lie. And he will never tell us a false in, in, falsity in any way. And he will back it up. Amen. Right? If you want to know what God's going to do, get in his word. Hallelujah. That's, the sovereign, that's the real sovereignty of God. He will back up his word. He will not violate his word. Hello? Hallelujah. That's the sovereignty of God. Thank you, Lord. And everything in here uh, prophesied will come to pass. His word will come to pass. And the promises of God in this word are for us to believe them and receive them. Come on now. Believe and receive what God has done for us and receive his goodness. We're talking about the goodness of God tonight. And this is some good news. You see, the devil comes to steal the word out of our hearts because he knows if the word grows in us, we are a threat to his kingdom. Come on. That's why there's so many religious people around. Well, the devil has tricked them and they're just religious. Come on now. Religiosity does nothing. Religiosity produces nothing. It produces no fruit and the devil does not care at all about it. In fact, he's happy. Keep doing your religious traditions, please. Because you ain't doing nothing for God, and I like it. Hello? 
He's happy about it. Come on. If the word will grow in us, we're going to produce fruit. If we get in his word and find out how good he is, hello, we found out the promises of God. We found out what we can do in Christ. This morning we found a lot what we can do in Christ, right? Here, look at Mark 4.15. We're talking about Satan stealing the word. So you got to talk about this, the parable of the sower. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Satan comes immediately. Hello? Immediately. I've seen this for years, right? Whew. People that have no clue what even happened in the service. Hello? They have no clue. Why? Because Satan stole the word. Come on. It was sown and the devil came in and said, oh, no, don't believe that. Don't you remember what that pastor told you about God teaching you with sickness and disease? Remember that. Don't, 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 don't listen to Pastor Vern. And certainly don't listen to the word of God. And don't let that in there. I just, I just sent my family a TikTok I saw. I thought it was really good. Demonic drive-bys. Did you watch that? Demonic drive-bys. You see, we don't understand that there is a spiritual realm. A lot of times we, we forget. And there's demons. There are demons. And they do talk. And they do speak. And the more you, the more you dwell in that territory, the more you're going to hear them. That's why you don't mess around with that stuff. You know, Ouija boards, whatever. You, seances, whatever. You don't mess around with any of that junk. Because the more you entertain it, the more they're going to speak to you. They're going to speak to you. I've heard many testimonies of people that got saved that dealt in demonic things and the devils were still screaming at them, still talking to them, and they had to take authority over the demons to leave in Jesus' name. But if we allow the devil in, he likes it, and he likes to speak to us. He likes to steal the word. He'll steal it away. I, just, my testimony, one of my, one of my mentors in the faith he got healed of a blood disease on his deathbed, dying, 16 years old. They said, pretty soon you'll be dead. Just, you'll be fine. He, he was a churchgoer. He, he, he actually went to hell after he died. First, the first time he died, he went to hell. He called out as he was going into hell and he said, I belong to the church. Why am I going down to hell? And it got darker and darker and darker came back into his body, he realized he wasn't saved. He wasn't a Christian. Hello? He got saved. Long, long, long story short, right? He got healed on his deathbed by believing God, by believing how good God is and received the power of God into his body. Hello? He got up after being bedridden for months. I forget how many, how many, how time it was. He got healed. Miracle, right? Absolute miracle of God. He went down to, to, to the breakfast table. His, his grandpa's down at the breakfast table. And his grandpa says, do dead men walk? And he sat down and had breakfast. 
Hadn't been on bed in months. Literally a miracle on his bed by believing God's word. Well, I tell that story because now he's healed. He's absolutely healed. He's walking around, talking with the family. He's been in bed for months, dying. Any minute, any minute, dead. They told any minute, it'll be fine. You'll be dead and you'll go to be with Jesus. Well, after he was saved, he knew he would go to be with Jesus. <laughs> when he died the first time, he knew he wasn't going to be with Jesus. But here he is healed. He's walking in his bedroom and, and a voice speaks to him and says, it is appointed for man once to die. And today is your day to die. Well, he had read scripture enough to know that was in the Bible. It is appointed for men once to die. I think it might be Ecclesiastes. I'm not sure. We could look it up. And, and, and he, he thought, he said, I thought God was in the room. And he started tiptoeing around because it was a holy time and God was in the room. He said, I tiptoed. And I went to the bedroom window and I sat in a chair and I looked out the window and I waited to die because God had spoken to me that today was my day. And his family came in and said, what's going on? You're, you were well and now you're sitting there like you're dying. And he said, I don't, don't want to talk about it. And, he, and they tried to bring him food. He said, no, I can't eat. Make me sick, even smelling. He said, get the food out of here. It's making me sick to my stomach. Come on now. Well, he sat there waiting to die. And then the Holy Spirit, I don't remember exactly. Do you remember what he's, exactly the Holy Spirit said to him? You remember me. Yeah, there was another scripture that came up from his belly. Hallelujah. Oh, that was it. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen. And he said, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. It just came up out of me. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. It came up out of his spirit. Well, if you're a temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is in there. Amen. Christ in you, the hope of the glory. He's now born again. Christ is in him and Christ is speaking to him. And he finds out that's Psalm 91. And he said, wait a second, that was you, devil, speaking to me. That was the devil speaking to me. That was the devil. And he got mad at the devil, as you should. And he said, devil, you trying to treat, you trying to trick me so I die? No. He said, I'm not going to die tomorrow. I'm not going to die the next day. I'm not going to die in one week. I'm not going to die in three weeks. I'm not going to die in a month. I'm not going to die in six weeks. I'm not going to die in 20 years. I'm not going to die in 40 years. I'm not going to die in 50 years. He was speaking with faith from his heart. Come on now. And he got what he said and he ministered the word of God for like 65 years. I think more than that even. And then checked out when he wanted to go home. Because he said, he said it for years. He said it for years. I heard many times, when I'm satisfied, I'm checking out. Because God said, I will satisfy you with long life. 
and show you my salvation. You see, that's the word. You can talk to millions of churchgoers and they will not believe that in any way, shape, or form. You can say you can check out when you want. They'll say, oh no, God has your time appointed on the clock and you'll die when God says you'll die. No, that's not true at all. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. If you ain't satisfied, don't check out. I don't care what you're, oh, oh man, here we go. The, the woman, the woman, the man I'm talking about is now a pastor and he's pastoring for years, right? And there's a woman in his church that's dying of cancer. And he, he loves to talk about healing because he was healed of a blood disease. He'd be dead at 16 years old, except for God's healing power. So he tells this older woman, she was already old, which, you know, sometimes when you're older, you just say, well, I'll just go home. She was in her 80s. And, and he said, don't die of that disease. Don't let the devil take you out with that. First, get healed. And if you want to die and go home after that, go ahead. <laughs> so, he said, she believed God and got healed and served. She, was a child, she taught children in the church. And kept serving the Lord for 10 more years before she checked out. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. See, you need to put the words in your mouth. If we had a guy who could do slides back there, we could put that up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not in our notes, but you know, we need the slide guys that can type real quick. Or at least copy and paste. Psalm 91, man, we could read the whole Psalm 91, but you know, I, I can keep here all night. You know me, I'm a preacher. <laughs> They'll get that up there. But you see, Satan is trying to steal the word from us right now. Hello? He tried to steal the healing from this minister. He tried to steal it from him by lying to him, speaking to him and stealing from him. Hello? Because he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And he immediately comes to steal the word from our heart. Immediately. Don't let them steal it from you. Amen. Well, I don't know about all this. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just believe God's word. Just believe it. Amen. Yeah. It's just, a, it's <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. This is a matter of life and death. And, and, and you got to stand on the word. Come on. Without the word, we are lost. We have nothing without the word. Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. We have God's word, which is always true. He will always back up his word. He will never, he exalted his name, his, the word above his name. Amen. See, Amen. you gotta stick with the word. No matter what mountain you face, no matter what problem you're looking at, you stick with the word. Amen. You look through the word. You keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. As Peter, when he was, he was walking on water, hello? He was walking on water. He looked at the storm and started a sinking. What was he supposed to do? Keep his eyes on Jesus. And if he had kept looking at Jesus, he had kept walking on water. What a miracle that is, huh? We aren't supposed to walk on water. Did you know that? <laughs> Anybody walked on water in here? <laughs> Come on now. 
Peter's walking on water. But he didn't keep his eyes on the word. Jesus is the word. He didn't keep his eyes on the word. He got his eyes off the word. Satan came to the man to try and get him off the word. And as Satan did to Jesus, he actually gave him the word and twisted it. Come on now. Just because you're hearing the word doesn't mean it's not twisted. That's why you need revelation of the word. Hallelujah. See, when you get to heaven, what are you going to say? Did we get up there? No. When you get to heaven, what are you going to say? Let's just imagine this is the way it goes, right? You're standing at the gates and you're waiting to get in. There it is. With long life. That's the word, is it not? Yes. Come on. Did you set your love upon him? Yeah. It, will he deliver you? Yes. Will, you set, will he set you on high? Yes. Will he answer you? Yes. Is he with you in trouble? Yes. Will he deliver you? Yes. And honor you? Yes. And give you a long life? Yes. And satisfy you? Yes. You're believing the word. Yes. <laughs> and you got to stick with that. Right. No matter what. I said, no matter what, no matter what, you stick with God's word every single time, no matter what's happening, you stick with his word. And then you're looking at Jesus and you're used to keep walking on water and people around you go, how's he doing that? It's easy. I'm just looking at Jesus. You can do it too. If you want truth, come on now. Hallelujah. When you're standing at the gates of heaven, what are you going to say? <laughs> Jesus said, why should I let you in? Why should I let you in here? Are you going to say, well, you know what? I went to church for 52 years. I heard Pastor Vreen preach hundreds of messages. <laughs> I was a pretty good person. You know what? I didn't kill anybody. I didn't commit adultery. I raised my family. I provided for my family. Come on. I worked hard. I built a great business. I, in fact, I left an inheritance for my children's children. I produced so much. Really, I can't see any reason I wouldn't get in. Wrong answer. <laughs> Wrong answer. Come on. <laughs> what are we going to say? I confess Jesus is Lord. Oh, Lord, you know, I confessed you as Lord from my heart and I believed in your blood for the forgiveness of my sin. And I believed by your blood, you washed away all of my sin and I became the righteousness of God. Amen. Only through you, Jesus, you did the work and I received it and I thank you for it. And he's going to say, that's a good answer. He's going to say, come on in, come on in, come on. See, what if you don't even know what the word of God says? And you're, you know how many people are going to stand before the Lord? They don't know anything about the word. And they've been in church for 52 years. They still don't know two scriptures. That's scary. Well, that means it's just religion. Hello? 
Because if we know the word, we know Jesus. Remember, Jesus is going to turn to those. He said, I'm going to turn, turn to people and say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. <laughs> and they're going to say, well, we did great works in your name. That's not going to cut it. What's going to cut it? You've called on him as Lord. And you believed his blood washed you and made you righteous. In your heart. Right? What does it say? We read all the time, Romans 10, 9. You believe he's risen from the dead. You confess him as Lord. Which means he is now king of you. He is Lord, he is master, and whatever he says goes. Like I always say, and I said this morning again, there will be no one in eternity with our Lord who is not completely allegiant to him. Because he knows everybody's heart. Come on up. He is not looking to see if you went to church enough. He's checking right in here. He's checking the heart. What does our heart really say? Come on, no matter what we did, no matter how many good works we did, we should do good works. We're saved unto good works. But all those good works are for his glory. They aren't for our glory. Come on, a lot of people do good works for their glory. Hello? They, they give out food for their glory. They give out money for their glory. Come on. Whatever we do, we do it for his glory Amen. from our heart. That's the correct way to do things as a Christian. So God knows the heart. Hello? Don't let the enemy steal the word. No matter what. James 4, 7. You know this one. Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Here's another scripture that blows away this typical God is sovereign teaching. Because if God is sovereign to do everything, then why do you have to submit to him? Why do you have to resist the devil? Submit and resist. We got to do something. Hello? We got to submit to God. Amen? Amen? Submit to his word. Submit to his ways. And then we resist the devil. The devil's going to come our way. Did you know it? Yeah. He's going to try and steal, kill, and destroy. He's seeking, what was about to say, also say, he's, he's seeking whom he may devour. And then the Bible's very clear, we resist him. That means we are doing something, are we not? We are doing something. We stand firm against him. We say no to the devil. No devil. Get away from me, devil. Did Jesus say it? Yes, he did. He said, get away from me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. He said it many different ways. But it was, go. Just like he would say to a demon, right? Go. And they left. You see, most people say, God, do something about this. God, help me. God, take this away from me. And God says, first submit to me and then resist the devil. Kick him out. Don't allow him to destroy and kill in your life. Right? Uh, uh, the first message I ever preached. 
Don't accept the devil's package. When the devil shows up at your door with a package of killing, stealing, and destroying, you don't sign for it. Oh, hi, Mr. Devil. What do you got for me? Oh, oh, you got, you got a sickness is going to kill me. Hey, let me sign for that. No. You say, no, devil. Get out. Amen. Get out of here in Jesus' name. You resist him. Hello? Amen. You don't accept his package in any way it comes, right? When the devil tries to mess up your marriage, you kick him out. Yeah. And you submit to God, which means you're submitting to his love. And husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Yeah. Now you're submitting to God's word. Hello? And your marriage is going to work. Come on, your marriage will work if we submit to the love of God. The devil tried to mess up your kids. Don't let him mess up your kids. Kick him out. Speak the life of God over your kids. Kick him out. The devil tried to mess up your church. Kick him out. <laughs> what does the devil do in churches most of the time? He brings division. Many churches have split because the devil comes in and sows his discord, sows his division, whatever it may be. I've heard churches split over carpet colors. Well, we want the green carpet. Well, we want the blue carpet. We are green carpet people. We are blue carpet people. We are green carpet people. Well, we are blue carpet people and we are not moving off of blue. Well, we want the green. Well, I guess we're going to have to split then because we're going to have, we're going to have blue carpet in our church. That's the devil. Hello? That's the devil. He'll try and mess up a church any way he possibly can. If that church is doing God's will. Hello? <laughs> Woo! We have fun now. I was just thinking of my pastor. He actually, he actually had to ask someone. I've never had to ask anybody to leave yet. Like, I, I need you to leave. He had to, you know what I'm talking about. He had to ask someone, you need to leave this church. You need to find another church. Why? Because he was sowing division among the brethren. And that's the devil. I said, that's the devil. See, we got to do what God has said to do. And that's where a lot of people miss it. God does not do our part for us. God's given us his word. God's given us the equipment. God's given us the armor. God's given us all kinds of teaching on what to do. We, we had a big teaching this morning, what to do, right? What to do. How to operate in faith. God's given us all the equipment. He doesn't do our part for us. Which is what, again, the sovereignty of God would teach. Well, God does, he controls it all. No, you got to do your part. Faith has an operation to it and faith has a part to do. And, and God will always, get, God, will, God will help you do it. Whatever it is, he'll help you do it. Amen. He will. He'll help you. He'll, he'll direct you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. Remember, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, 
People want to make it, it's, you know, the yoke goes around your neck. Oxen, yoke, right? See, Jesus' yoke is easy and light. It still means he wants to lead us. It still means he wants us to come along and go what he says to do, but it's easy and it's light. The devil, what does the devil do? Choke you and pull you. Come on, let's go. That's the devil. Jesus is like, come on this way. This is the right way. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll get you the blessing. You just come this way. That's easy. If you just follow, just follow me, you'll get there. You'll get to the right spot. Just come on, let's go, let's go. It's easy, it's light. If we just walk with him, it's easy. Just keep a walking with him. Just keep a walking with him. Just keep a walking with him. And he gets you right there. He gets you right to the blessing. He'll get you right to the right place at the right time. He'll get you there. He'll get you there. And it's easy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, you know, I was just thinking this often when I'm preparing a message. Well, when you start with a blank page and I write three sermons a week, a lot of times you're like, ooh, this is a lot of work. Your head starts to think that, right? This is a lot of work. This is, this is heavy. And the Lord will speak something to me. Teach on the goodness of God. Oh, I can do that. And then I'll pull up a scripture and I'll pull up another scripture and I'll write and I'll pull up another scripture and I'll write something and I'll pull up another scripture and I'll write below that and I'll pull up another scripture and I'm like, oh, every time. Well, this is so easy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hello. People say, how can you preach so long? Because God makes it easy. And, and, and you know, you, you don't even get tired. Because God gives you more energy yeah. to do it. Amen. And more energy to do it. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise God. Praise we getting something tonight? Yeah. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God has given us the authority in the name of Jesus, but we got to use it. See, he's good. He gave us the authority. He said, use my name. Here you go. Because he's good, but we still got to use it. You still got to curse that tumor and tell it to get out. God, God's waiting for you to do it, right? God's, well, that's your part. See, I, I, already, I already solved the problem through Jesus. Now speak to that thing. Through the authority in the name of Jesus. Speak to that thing. Hello. Hallelujah. God's given us his word to live by. Because he is good. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's always good. And see... We have to know, we have to have it settled in us that God is always good. Because if you leave an ounce of God might, might be bad in some respect, he might, he might do something a little bad, you're on bad ground. Which that, like I say, millions of churchgoers will say God does bad all the time. He punished them with this. He punished them with that. I mean, people get killed in accidents. They say, well, it was God's will. 
God needed, a, God needed them in heaven. No, that's not true at all. That's not Bible. That's not Bible truth. That's not God truth. And God bleh, wants to barf at that stuff. As I do. Come on up. We know God is always good. Amen. We must know, not, not, just, not just hear Pastor Vern saying, come on. We must know in here, God is always good. He's always for me. He's always good to me. He never wants to harm me. He's always faithful. He'll always do exactly what he said. Right? Over and over, we see how good he is if we look at his word. Let's look at his word. Psalm 34, 8. I'm going to run through these real fast. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing will he withhold. James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. He created all lights. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's not changing. He's perfect. He's good. Always. Matthew 7.11, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Right? Even parents who never been born again, never saved, give good gifts. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Because he's good. Philippians 4.19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He will supply every need. That's good, right? Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. That's the goodness of God. That's what God wants for us. He wants us to prosper in all things and be in health. Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, Psalm 23 is filled, right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You should say that all the time. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, all these verses just tell us how good God is right there. But see, we got to believe them. We got to receive it in our hearts. We got to believe it. We got to speak it. Faith operates through our mouth. As we said this morning, when faith doesn't affect your mouth, there is no faith. Hello? Hello? I can hear someone saying, but bad things have happened to me. I can hear someone saying, but, but what about this accident? And what about this sickness? What about this problem? <sighs> Do hard times happen in life? Yes. Who are we going to assign the blame to? The devil. Never, ever blame God. Ascribe the, ascribe the uh, problem to the enemy who, who caused it. Assign the blame where it belongs. Right? Remember, it started, it started real bad when Adam said, when, 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 he, when he sinned and he said to God, well, it's the woman you gave me. He blamed the woman and he blamed God. Instead of 
taken responsibility for his sin. Right? Don't ever say God caused the bad like Adam. Right? He blamed God for creating the woman that he sinned. Well, if you hadn't given me that woman, I would have been fine, God. That's so bad. That's so bad. Don't ever say God caused the bad. Amen. The devil caused the bad. God is always good. Let's end with Deuteronomy 3, 31, 6, which Hebrews 13, 5 quotes. You know who, I'm sure you might know Hebrews 13, 5, but it quotes from this. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. And, and this literally means, if you look this up, literally means I will not, I will not, I will not. There's that much emphasis on it. I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake you or let you down. Amen. That's in the Amplified because they Amplified as it's written in the Greek. Hello? Hallelujah. See, because of the finished work of our Jesus, of our Lord and Savior, God will be with us. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. He will not leave us. He goes with me everywhere. He won't forsake me. He will never forsake me. You see, you, you, you may have people that forsake you. Anybody have some of those? They forsook you, but God is still there. Yes. And you just keep on walking with him because he's good. Amen. And he's not a leaving you. Amen. He's not leaving you. He won't leave you. He's always with you. He's going with you wherever you go. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody can leave you, but you still got him. Amen. You still got him. That's why we say, if I got Jesus, I got everything. You got everything. You got Jesus. You got everything. Hallelujah. Come on, say this. God is with me. God will never leave me. God is backing me up. God is for me. God is on my side. God will supply me with everything I need. God is always good to me. 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 Amen. You see, that, that is a revelation to get. And we're speaking our mouth, come on, and we'll get more revelation as we're speaking it. And you're claiming that promise for you. And God likes that. Amen. God likes it when we, we speak his word and believe it. Hello? God likes it. And he, he wants to do good for us. And the more we talk about it, the more good he can do. God is always good to me. And watch him show up and do some good. I tell you my story about the airplane again? <laughs> you know what I was going to say so I'm in Tulsa I'm at a, I'm at a 
Christian conference in Tulsa where I went to Bible school. And, and the woman, she was preaching. There was, a, there was several preachers there. One, one, this one, the last speaker, I think she was the last speaker of the, of the conference. Uh, she spoke on the favor of God. And so I was meditating on the favor of my God, having favor from God himself. I was like, oh, favor of God. Yeah, God favors me. I'm favored. God gives me favor. When I go places, God gives me favor. Woo, it's it's burning in me, right? Burning in me. And I go to the airport right after that. And so it's burning in me, right? See, that's one of the reasons you want to hear the word a lot. It's burning in you and it's going to happen because it's burning. And so I'm in the airport and I'm I'm praying in 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 the... Waiting area, whatever you call that, the seats. <laughs> Waiting for the airplane, right? And I'm like, ooh, Father, ah, that, that message on favor. Whoo, I'm just asking for your favor. I'm just, I, I know you said you favor your people and I have the favor of God on me. I don't know how it's gonna show up, but I'm just asking for favor on this trip. How, I'm asking for favor. I'm asking for you to show up with favor. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I get on the airplane, as you do, and, 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 I, and I'm uh, uh, getting in the airplane, and it's packed. You know, you've been on the packed planes, there's a lot of people, and it's packed. And, and uh, I'm like, and I was sitting in my seat, it was a three-seater, you know, usually a lot of times they have the three here and three there, right? And so I'm in the three-seater by the window, I like the window, I like to get the window if I can, you know, look at the window and see what's going on out there. And so I'm on the window seat and this seat here is empty. And there's a woman in this seat. And so we got an empty seat right here. And the people are just pouring in. Every seat, every seat is filled. I'm looking up. There are no seats, none, zero zilch, except this one. And I'm like, well, surely before they close the doors, that person's going to show up because no one just misses their flight like that and leaves, you know, three, four hundred dollars on the table. They're going to be here. They close the door. They start doing the announcements. I look at the lady. She looks at me. Favor. And I stretch out. And my, I'm long legs, right? So you're in coach, and there's a lot much room there for the long leggers. And I'm like, whoo, put the book over here. I'm going to read, stretching out. Thank you, Father, for favor. <laughs> the only seat on the plane empty all the way back from Tulsa. Because God is good. And he's always good to me. <laughs> And he'll do that for you. And he'll do that for anybody. Come on. That believes he's that good. That believes he is faithful to his word. Come on now. Come on. God will not fail us. Amen. Amen. He will not fail us. God is always faithful. He does not steal anything from us. That's the devil. Come on. God is always good. That was weak. God is always good. Oh, that was much better. Thank you. 
You won't forget what we preached about tonight. No. I, I, I'll ask you next week, and you'll be like, I say, what did we talk about last week? <laughs> it was a good message. What? It was a, it was a really good message. I, you know, yeah, I, 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 come on now. You're going to remember, aren't you? And you're going to be thinking about this all week long. God is good to me. He's always good to me. He's always leading me in the right direction. He's always putting me in the right spot. He's leading me. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And he's, he heals all my diseases. He forgives them all my iniquities. Come on. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me by the green pastures. He's got a supply for me wherever I go. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My God is so good to me. Oh, come on. When it looks bad, remember, God is good. He's got a plan. He, you stick with him. He'll show you the right way. Amen. You're like, oh, I don't know what to do here. I say, take this way. Oh, look at that. Blessing. Look at that. You're up against the obstacle. God says, you're like, how am I going to get over that? God says, I need you to go this way. You, Oh, look at that. Come on now. Can he do it? Yeah. Will he do it? For you? Yes. You, you got to believe it. Amen. He'll do it for me. He won't just do it for Pastor Vern. He won't just do it, do it for prophet so-and-so. He won't just do it for evangelist so-and-so. He'll do it for me. Because he loves me. Remember? Remember the scripture we had a, a couple months ago now. Probably. God loves us with the same love he loves Jesus. We talked about that for quite a while. God loves me with the same love. The Bible says he loves me with the same love he loves Jesus. He doesn't have a separate love for you. Yeah. Well, well, Jesus, I really love. I mean, you know, speaking of God. Jesus, I really, really, really love. You, I love. No, it says he loves us the same love. Is he ever going to forsake his son? No. Ever hurt his son in any way, shape, or form? No. no, just like we would. He loves you the same. And he'll do, he'll do anything for you. He'll do anything for you. But you still got to do what he said. Don't forsake what he said. Don't forsake what he said. Amen? Just as a son would obey his father, we obey our father. And we don't forsake what he said. We believe it. We receive it. We do it. Because God is just trying to get us to the blessing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. You get it tonight? You believe it tonight? Glory. I want to give a salvation call if you're here tonight. Or you're watching online later. We're not live tonight, but we'll put it up later. If you're watching and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, Romans 3.23, all of sin falls short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, the wage of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But God, Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is one way to eternity. There is one way to be saved, and that is through Jesus. And you can't just practice religion. You can't just go to church to be saved. You got to know Jesus.
You got to know him. He's got to know you. You have a relationship with God. You come into fellowship with God. You come into communion. The word koinonia in the Greek we talk all the time. That's communion. That's fellowship. That's partnership. And you lay down everything at his feet and call him Lord. And you swear your allegiance to him forever. You become his and he gives you the whole kingdom. Woo! There's nothing better than that. Forever we get to be in the kingdom of God. And if that's you tonight, you say, I've never made Jesus my Lord. I've, can, I've played church. I've played in spiritual things, but I've never called Jesus Lord from my heart. Pray this after me right now. Say, dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of Satan. I want in your kingdom, God. And now I know the way in is through Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. I confess Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus is my master. Forever, I am yours. I give myself completely to you. Heavenly Father, show me your ways. Teach me your ways. I will walk in them. I will do them. I will be an obedient child in your kingdom. Thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. That's how I came into the kingdom at the age of 19. After playing in church and playing in religion and not knowing anything really at all, I confessed Jesus as Lord. And I got saved. And I became a new creation in Christ. And it changed everything. Everything. Because he's good. And he told me right away, I got a plan for you. And it took a long time to get there. Well, to where I thought I was supposed to be, right? You see, a lot of times we don't understand that God, in God's eyes, you know, our whole life is that. And so for him to get you to the right spot, if it takes 50 years or 80 years or whatever, to him, to God, it's like, No big deal. The the, the thing we have to remember is we want to follow him. And keep following him. (laughs) And keep following him. And keep following him. And have that easy yoke around your neck and just keep following. Come on. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful that he got me here. He got me to the right spot at the right time. And he kept leading me and kept guiding me. And many times along the way, I said, I think I'm going to quit now. (laughs) I think, I think I'm going to go work on computers or something. Well, I I like working on computers. So I believed I was called into ministry. And after going to Bible school, as you know, my story, I thought I was going into ministry right away, but it was 22 years before I went into full-time ministry. Come on now. But if you keep following, keep following, keep following, he's good. And he'll get us exactly where we need to be. 
and you look back at those years, what do you thought? Whoo! I don't know how this is ever going to work. And you look back. I look back now, and I see all of those years managing 7-Elevens, helping at the church, things I did for, in other churches and, 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 and serving under other, you know, many different leaders, right? Pastors. And I can see so many things that God had to train me. And I look back and I can see the whole thing and go, ah, <laughs> ah, you're smart, aren't you? <laughs> you're smart, aren't you, God? Because he's smart. And he's very smart. And he knows everything. And he knows when you're ready for anything, right? He knows when you're ready for marriage. He knows when you're ready to be in ministry. He, he knows everything. And he will get you there. He will know. He, he will tell you, right? He will tell you. Does God still speak? Yes. Oh, he speaks. We just need to keep tuned in. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thought that was going to be a short little message tonight, but <laughs> I say that all the time. All the time. Well, you know, it was only like seven pages. My Sunday mornings are like 20 pages, so I thought that's nothing, seven pages. I mean, that's nothing. We'll be done in a few minutes. Let's turn back and give him glory. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful to you. We are so thankful that you are so good to us. We thank you for your goodness and kindness to us, your tender mercies that, that, that are crowned on us every day and your mercies poured out again to us and your grace overwhelms us and you fill us with strength again to do your will because you are that good. And you do lead us, you do guide us, you get us to the right place at the right time because you're good. And Father, we give you thanks for that tonight. We give you thanks for being so good to us, your creation. And we turn back as we always do, Father, and give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise belongs to our God forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.